it's hard not to be where the water meets the land and not feel like this is something huge here. I think it's fair to say we all have moments where we kind of think the world revolves around us. That doesn't just mean that we're full of ourselves. Sometimes it does. But it can also mean that you have a hard time overlooking the wall of your own troubles. If your world is feeling claustrophobic, if you're not able to get some distance from your issues, every problem you're up against feels monumental. And I know anyone who's ever suffered from any sort of anxiety attack can relate to that feeling, you know, where every little choice, every issue feels like it weighs a ton in your brain. If you can't get distance, every one of those setbacks can bowl you over. That's why perspective is so important. I think it's vital for anyone, especially anyone now, to be able to get some distance from their problems, to do something, go somewhere, whatever, that makes you or what you're up against seem a little bit smaller. Not to make what you're dealing with seem so small as to no longer deserve action, but to at least give you some distance to see your problems as they actually fit into your life, and to see your actual life as something much more than the problems, no matter how big they may seem. I hope you guys enjoy the episode, and if you can, this week, try to do something that makes you feel that good, positive kind of small. Hey everybody, and welcome back to At Least There's This, a show about some of the small, good things, and just like a tetanus shot of a, of a life we're living, where every little thing is a booster shot you gotta take, but not like a useful booster shot. It's just the needles. Needles and uh, all iodine. That's all you're getting. Uh, what's going on right now? If you are listening to this right when I'm recording, which would be insane, unless you're a Russian spy, uh, if you are a Russian spy listening to this, I guess I'm uh, impressed and confused because I'm I'm a veritable nobody. But if you're listening to this right now, we're in a timeline where uh, – a piece of shit is being argued about whether or not he is the clear rapist, which he is, and people are suggesting maybe there's a doppelganger thing going on, and if that's the case, then I guess the world is actually pretty fucking rad, because there's Naruto shit happening with who could be in our Supreme Court, and you know what? I'll take a Supreme Court ninja. That sounds fucking chill. Uh, But otherwise, no, he's just a piece of shit, and that's the world we're living in. But even with that, even with a world where everything feels like it's constantly stabbing you with needles all over, at least there's... The Beach. What a, what a good resonant tone. I was ready for it. Oh, he was so ready. Guys, <laughs> I'm sitting across from a, a comedy icon, somebody I've been listening to on podcast for a long time, Mr. Wow. John Gabris. Oh, geez. Thank you for having me. Uh, yes, I'm an icon of comedy, and I'm comfortable with that mantle, and uh, I call myself that. <laughs> no. he, he does, actually. He's got it tattooed across his chest in It's backwards, font. so I yeah. can look at it in the mirror and see it. Yeah, it's for me. Yeah. I'm, I know my... I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. I don't think he listens to me, but one of my cousins has like insane song lyrics written across his chest Holy and it's shit. back. And I'm like, I can barely read that. He's like, it's for me. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> you know what else would have been for you? Just listening to it. Yeah, I know. Okay, man. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you need. Yeah. Do you have any tattoos? I have one and it's, uh, 
of the island, uh, the island of Long, where I'm from, Strong Island, New York. What part of Strong Island are you from? I'm from the south shore of Nassau County. I was born in Freeport, and then I moved to Belmore. Okay. And right, you know, six miles south of my mom's house is a little place called Jones Beach, where I spent every single summer as a child for fun, because it's an inexpensive place for uh-huh. my parents to dump me off. <laughs> And then it was where I worked from the ages of 17 to 23. I can tell we're both raring at the bit to talk about the beach. But before we do, first, can you introduce yourself to maybe my less cool audience who doesn't know you and your work and what you've done? Yeah, I'm a comedian, uh, mostly a podcaster now, but, you know, sort of an actor and a writer as well. Um, You might know me from – it depends on how old you are. If you are a, like – if you're a TSA agent, you <laughs> often know me from Guy Code or Wild and Out. And if you have a beard and flannel shirt, you know me from Comedy Bang Bang or a He's number of other podcasts. Right at me yeah, as yeah. He says this. I am wearing a beard as, as well. Yeah, as am I. Uh, this is my podcast beard. I can take this off after we're done recording, but I like the way my voice sounds via a beard. It's yeah. like a nice, nice puff screen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that it's my got. own little windscreen yeah. that I put on my face. And if you lived in New York or L.A. and were into cheap comedy, you've seen me perform at the UCB Theater in the last 10 to 12 years. As as I have, ah. uh, because I'm of the Comedy Bang Bang listening ilk. That was my introduction to podcasts, Comedy uh, Bang Bang. I, I was listening to This American Life, and I didn't know it was a podcast, like how mm. I was getting it. Mm. And then someone told me about WTF and Comedy Bang Bang, and those were literally my first podcast, too. Because podcasting wasn't huge. Listening to podcasts wasn't big in New York, because we could, like, read on the subway. <laughs> yeah. And, like, uh, but then when I came to L.A., like, Friends of mine would go when I would come to LA to do shows, or friends of mine that would move to LA were like, "Yeah, podcasting is all." And I'm like, "What is that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's like radio." You know? <laughs> when did you move to LA? Because I was in New York when I was listening to you on Comedy Bang Bang. Oh, I moved here in 2012. Okay, yeah, I was still in New York when you were doing Comedy Bang Bang, but by then it was big enough that everyone was right. Doing podcasts. And I was listening Comedy Bang Bang and Ascat. I always say were the first two things that I was a fan. Like in my life, they were maybe the two things that I was a fan of that I eventually got to do. That's so cool. What what was it like meeting your podcast icons and realizing that they're just men? Yeah, you know, men I with flesh. <laughs> right. I didn't know anything about Scott. I just knew like mm-hmm. this podcast is hysterical and Nick Kroll is funny and my friend this guy John Daly I know from UCB is great. Like all these. Like I just kept seeing like UCB, the people I grew up watching UCB, like mm. Sheer and Hubel and all those people on the podcast all the time. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And then I randomly got asked because I, when I came out to LA, I start, you know, was involved at UCB, so I kind of was able to make that transfer. And then I guess Scott Ackerman asked. You know, Neil Campbell, uh, do you know anyone who's, you know, new, new blood, whatever? And he's like, yeah, this guy Gabrus is an improviser. I pitched my character of Gino, and the first time I was on, I was like, oh, like, I remember at the end of it, maybe that was like the second or third podcast I'd ever been on. And I remember being like, oh my God, this is really easy. This is yeah. not, this is really easy for me. This sits into my skill set of sitting. And filling air, as I've been, to, as any one of your listeners is saying to themselves right now, as they're on the fucking stationary bike at the gym. Brothers, this dude has been talking unbroken. My for brothers eight. are loving this because they love comedy bang bang, and we all love Gino. I think I remember because I knew I'd seen you do Ascats and stuff back in New York, uh, back when I still had aspirations of being an improviser. Oh, what a sad when, life when were that you was. in New York? I was in New York, twenty twelve. I graduated college, so from twenty twelve, and then I moved here in like. 2015, 2016. So I was in New York for like those 
doing the taking classes thing. UCB magnet, like right. the whole improv scene. The whole like twenty yeah. sixth to thirtieth street on Eighth Avenue exactly. kind of vibe. Like yeah, yeah. Eating at that Preta Manger every <laughs> yeah. fucking day. Ugh. And I was like, this is a good life, right? This is what this I want. This is gonna live. be great. And what happens when I finally make it in the improv world? Then then do I get my salary? Wait, what? <laughs> what? And now I do a podcast to try to cheer myself up. Yeah. Uh, speaking <laughs> of how's it is it working? No. Speaking of cheering up, are you an optimist, pessimist, neither, both, John? I Gabriel? would say I'm pre- uh, I'm a I think I'm an optimist, but I enjoy complaining as much as I, but for me complaining comes to a point where I love like roasting the shitty situation I mm-hmm. or someone else is in. But I I'm overall an optimist and uh and I like I'm definitely more optimistic. A lot of my friends are classically pessimistic people, and my wife, she'll say she's not a pessimist. She's a realist, but in my book, she's a pessimist. And so I find myself being maybe an optimist by comparison. Okay. But I'm certainly in my heart of hearts. I feel I feel optimistic about everything, including even the shit world we're currently living in or country. Do you have a reason for that optimism? The one thing I always point out to people, especially like when how shitty things happen to be in like at least how we feel or informed uh, libtards feel about what's going on in America. The thing I can say to people like that is like, just look at the like the last hundred years of American history Mm -hmm. and it's it's skewing up. It's skewing progressive. Right. Yes. Granted, there's still a lot of shit wrong, and there were, you know, and like, yes, we abolished slavery, but and it was bad, and but we're still taking steps. Yeah. So I, I can't imagine. Like, I just feel like you're on the wrong side of history. Like, we all feel this way, obviously, but I just feel like human rights is something that is like undeniable. Like, that's the only direction we can go in is we take we treat people better and better. And whether that means staying out of, uh, you know, like limiting, you know, racist policies and uh, eliminating, you know, misogynistic policies mm-hmm. and anti-LGBTQIA uh, uh, policies, all that shit, we will because that is the natural progression of society. We're, mm. We've been getting more and more progressive since 1776. It can't stop. Yeah. And, and we and there are, of course, there are tons of people who won't let it stop. But if you look at the map, and I mean. Vietnam and Nixon was like around the same time, you know what I mean? Like, right. and I, I'm young, I'm young for that, old for uh, us. But for me, I feel like that must have felt like absolute shit at that time too, for like yeah. the informed libtard of that time, you know. And then they were like, "Oh, we got better, we got out of it. Now we're in another shit situation." But I, I, I trust that we're gonna get out of it. And I just think we'll always skew towards uh, individual freedoms. Does that impact you in your actions, your daily life, anything like that? Um, no, I'm I'm generally trustworthy and not um not like that worried about stuff. Okay. But I, I I do live an absolutely cush life of like, <laughs> you know, I have health insurance, an apartment, cars. Like I I have like. And any creature comfort I need, so it's brave of me to say I feel pretty comfortable. Yeah, my, right. yeah, my wife makes good money, and yeah. I get to fucking, you know, do my dream as my career. But uh, yeah, I don't know how much my optimism. Uh, you know, it kind of always makes me feel like. I guess I'm not. I was just thinking like optimism. I'm like I should in, introduce that into my career. Like I should be a little more optimistic about myself. What can you talk about? What that means? You're not optimistic about your I'm not optimistic about, like, the success. But I think, and I don't know, I feel like that's a common occurrence amongst um, many comedians or even creatives in general, is, like, 
I'm just like, is this going to really work for me? You know? Oh, I guess maybe, even, even still? Yeah, well, that's the thing is that, and then this is where my uh, thing about America comes from too, is that's what I need to be able to do is myself and like look at the last five years of my life and my career. Right. And it's steadily improved and I've steadily done more and more cool shit. It just doesn't, if I look at other people, I start to realize, oh man, I, w- I want something like that. Oh, I want to do something like that. But then when I look at myself, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe... I can't believe where I am now. If I if you would have told me five years ago this is where I'd be now, you'd be so excited. Why are you not happy? Yeah, with, and it's I like so understand that. And I think yeah. it's like looking at the world and everything more in the macro of like, can we zoom out for a second and just see that like, oh shit, I'm trending upwards. <laughs> right. Like overall, my life is trending upwards. Like my life has gotten better. Every yes, of course, there's been major dips because shit goes down. But Overall, my life has gotten better and better as the years go on. It's like that's all you can ask for in life, right? Yeah. It's eventually got to go back down at right. some point. Yeah. So, like, as long as we're trending upwards for now, that's a good sign. Well, I I'll, I'll take an S curve where it just you know levels out for a little bit. Yeah, give me yeah, give up. me some like plateauing. Yeah. yeah, plateau would be nice, a little <laughs> relaxing. I I was feeling the same way several years ago, and my girlfriend, who is she's from Long Island too. She's hell yeah, uh, Korean from Long Island, so she's got that like that tough strain in her and she's like Alex <laughs> shut up and fuck other people's timelines like just right. do your own shit right and that like I got her those words inscribed on a bracelet because I was like oh shit that was really deep yeah it, yeah. it truly is that's and, and that's what it takes that's like what it takes to remember like we're all on our own path and what whatever we'll, we'll right. get there but it is so easy like and then especially when you think of other people's paths and you think of like how people who are newer to the business or newer to comedy or newer to podcasting or whatever look at my career with envy or with like man as soon as i can get to that level where i'm getting ads on my podcast and then that makes you realize like how am i to complain and like even you know thought experiment me six years ago this is what i would like oh man i wish i would just get invited to do everybody's podcast all the time like now i'm doing it i'm like can't believe i gotta do this fucking stranger alex's podcast so so (laughs) <laughs> uh, also, I'm not a stranger. We've Anymore. been friends for years. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, fuck. I knew I shouldn't have taken that <laughs> experimental pill. <laughs> uh, that Jonah Hill movie that you're in or whatever? I, yeah, I just watched the first three episodes, Anything? so that's why it's on my head. It's really dope. I can't tell if I'm going to feel good at the end of it, but okay. I like the fu- the look of it and the sound of it, so I've been enjoying living in the world. I, I So I wanted to point out that something you said shows that you're an optimist because you're talking about, oh, look at where I've come me six years ago, like, I would be so happy, or, like, those kids, honestly, kids like me were like, fuck, Gabrus is cool, like, I want to talk to that guy because I've liked his podcast career, and that makes you feel better, where a pessimist, somebody maybe a little bit more like me, would be like, oh, so I guess it's all a fucking lie. (laughs) (laughs) And the fact that you didn't first just go there is like, okay, yeah, he's got a pessimist, or an optimistic little, like, strain in his heart. Yes, yeah, I'm I'm trying, yeah, yeah, and I'm trying to have it more and more with myself, too. Yeah. And I've been through a bunch of bullshit, so I know I can, you know, swing back from that, and that's sort of, like, I'm not trying to be old man Gabrus here, but, like, something by the time you're in your late 30s, you've bad shit has happened to you and your family like it's just inevitable it's too much time too much time on on this earth to not mm-hmm. have a, a bad event and if you can't like if i can bounce back from that kind of shit then like that's like like now i know that these this too shall pass you yeah. know what i mean like whatever the bullshit is because it all stemmed from like career wise i would always be like you know 
there would always be a time in every year where I'm like, fuck, I haven't like made money in a couple of months. I haven't been validated by the exterior casting mm-hmm. director or mm-hmm. production person, whatever. I haven't gotten that in a long time. And then I would start to feel anxiety and like, uh, you know, doubt myself and, you know, think, and then I go into like a funk, arguably a depression yeah. as I learn more and more about it. And um, then I would come out of it with some work and all, and like, you know, and then I would, you know, use these exterior validators to like help me. And, and, I, and I realized, oh shit, every year I felt this weird fun. And then this year I've, I've been in it for like a couple of months now where I'm not getting a lot of, and then, but for the first time ever, I'm like, but I know based on, you know, looking at the last five years right. of my life, this too shall pass. It'll like, all yeah. Come back around. And, and then I need that, like, empirical, like, scientific, ver- like, no, this is <laughs> yeah. the fifth year in a row that you felt this exact same way. And every t- now, just remember how November felt last year. You know, like, right. you're coming back. You're going to come back. You always do. At this point, it's not an anomaly anymore. That's like, good yeah. shit. You give yourself good advice, Gabriel. <laughs> I know. Well, someone asked me. <laughs> so you you mentioned talking about paths, and paths take people to beaches. Oh, Let's shit. Let's talk about the beach. <laughs> what a segue, my friend. Yeah, the beach is something that has been a major part of my life since I was a little kid, and I'm maybe one of the few people who live in L.A. and one of the few comedians who live in L.A. who still go to the beach. <laughs> like, I've not been to the beach more than once since I moved here three and a half years ago. Right. That's so many friends of mine are in the same boat. And I've been living here for six years and I've been going to the beach at least twice a month for like, I would say, you know, in the winter months it slows down. Maybe I don't go as, as frequently, but from like March until October, I'm there at least twice a month. I'm aiming for once a week. I, and I've been, and I've done twice a week several times. I don't understand that at all. Because one, you live very far away from the beach. See, that's the thing. Very far is so relative. I live in West Hollywood, which is, yes, it's a half-hour drive to the beach, but it's a half-hour drive to a completely different ecosystem. That's wild. If you want, if you were into snowboarding, you would drive two hours to a mountain every time. You know what I mean? Like that's, it wouldn't. Yeah. So it's like it's. That's what I don't get for people. I'm like, if it's 45 minutes, you drive 45 minutes to go to Warner Brothers for someone to say like, sorry, you're not the type of fat bearded guy we're looking for so why can't i drive 45 minutes to a fucking magical beautiful you know rejuvenating uh like everyone's like oh the traffic the traffic i'm like you know what yes it sucks to get to the beach but you know where there's no traffic on the sand and in the water (laughs) yes you have to fucking sit but you have to sit in traffic to go anywhere in la and if that's like gonna be the thing that undoes you all right cool enjoy the five walkable places around your apartment so what about the beach makes you happy? Like, what do you like about it? There's something about the beach that no one ever includes it when they say, I got to get out and get into nature. Mm-hmm. They, when I feel like when people say nature, they mean like the woods or hiking or views or whatever. Yeah. But the beach is nature. But I think we just chalk it up to like, if you, if you are not every, first of all, there's only so much beach, especially ocean beach in our country. Right. We only have so much of it. And the fact that we live some people live so close to it and don't like get like I get it if you're in Nebraska and you're not you haven't been to an ocean that many times in your life. Fine. But if you live within an hour of the beach, you gotta fucking get there, man. It's I remember reading some bullshit, like kind of like sewn on a throw pillow type advice, which is always the most sage advice. <laughs> well, some of that shit really sticks with me. Like, you know, like my mother in law's house is like full of that shit. Like, don't postpone joy, you know, all this stuff. But one that I saw, and maybe it was just like a fucking tweet or like, uh, you know, in a way, in a way message for anyone who's in their late thirties. <laughs> it's like 
salt water cures all, whether it be sweat, tears, or the ocean. And I felt like, holy shit, that's like, I feel that way. Sometimes yep. a good sweat will get your head right, a good cry will get your head right, or a dip in the ocean, or as we call it in my crew, the rip and dip. <laughs> so, but what what about the ocean gets you right? This is going to be a little specific to me, but I think everyone can relate. I go from being this giant human being around smaller human beings to being a literal drop in the organic bucket uh, of, yeah. you are all of a sudden, the way people talk about the beach of like, well, I'm afraid of sharks. What if there's other fish? I'm like, dude, it's their house. <laughs> like, they're fucking there. Yeah. We're, we're playing, we're going to a completely different, like we're going where our species doesn't go. You know what I mean? Yes, we have boats and scuba and snore, and we can do, we can swim as as mammals, but we're not supposed to be there, yet we can. And you can fucking do so much at the like the other thing about the beach is it's open to everyone. Are you not a ocean guy? Well, guess what? It's pretty cool to just chill on the sand and drink some beers and snack and look at the ocean. Um, are you not really a sun person? Well, guess what? There's umbrellas, sunscreen, clothing. So all the things that people think the beach is, it can be whatever you want. Are you a foodie? Well, then pack a dope ass cooler and bring it to the beach and eat your fucking. I mean, my wife and I bring like the weirdest food to the like everyone else is like eating sandwiches or chips and my wife and I have like we have like a roasted chicken and like sliced tomato and sliced cheddar like the shit she is (laughs) dude (laughs) but she's also like above and beyond an amazing person and an insane like she's the consummate host to to go as far to even hosting her husband you know what I mean (laughs) like the way she is about having people over or uh, enjoying company like she's that every night with me which is insane wow that is insane so I want to the thing you said about the ocean and how it makes you feel small is like that is one of the most persistent facts about awe is things that inspire awe in people genuine generally make them feel connected to things, inspire curiosity and uh feel small. Oh, see that, oh, that's awesome. Those are like three things that I'm actively pursuing in my life all the time. That's really weird. That's like three. I didn't ever heard those three things listed together, but I love. That's what my whole life has been about. It's connection, curiosity, and feeling small, small in something. So, what about the so the beach? Because it's so huge, it makes you feel small. You were saying, yeah, like you're going in the ocean and you're like, holy shit! I'm like, you swim out twenty yards and you look back at the shore and you feel like you're out insanely far. But there is nothing for, like, miles right. wet. Like, if you can swim west as fast as you can for miles and you would not touch anything. I mean, maybe you'll hit Catalina, depending on, the, like, the, <laughs> on your, like yeah, the jet stream or whatever. Yeah. But it's, like, that feeling that, like, you know, people, when they get in the ocean, like, one time when I was a kid, I was afraid to go off the high dive at the pool. And my dad said something to me that he's, like... Uh, I'm like, I've only ever swam in six feet of water. And I'm like, you know, three feet tall. I'm like, yeah. you know, a young kid. My dad goes, six feet or 12 feet, you drown. Doesn't matter. And I'm like, oh. And then in my head, that just locked in as like, I don't care if it's the fucking dark abyss of the ocean. Like, you sw- And like swimming was always a big part of my life. It was something I learned young. And then I ended up being a swim team and a lifeguard. And like, maybe part of the thing I loved about it was that I was always a fat kid. And like the water is like an equalizer for fat kids. Like we can move as fast as everyone in the water. Yeah. If, if you have this, if you have any kind of skill, like Uh when you're on land and everyone's like throwing the football around, you're like sweaty and out of breath and can't keep up. But in the pool, you're like buoyant and slippery and you can like keep up with people. Yeah. So maybe that's part of the reason why I liked it. But at the same time, there's just something like when you get into that ocean, you're like, fuck, this is like, 
this is something that covers so much of the world, and I'm just like in a drop of it in the corner. You it's know, just a Feel- giant mystery. It's just right? a giant mystery, and it truly is like people will talk about like the bottom of the ocean is as unexplored as outer space, which is just yeah. like an insane. Like we have outer space. I'm getting scuba certified at the end of the month as like my peak. That's the one thing I have never done in the ocean is like scuba dive. I've That's snorkeled so like cool. all over tropical vacation yeah. bullshit, but I'm like. I love swimming on the surface. I, I I was a surfer for a long time. That's something I want to get back into. But I was like, I also think I should scuba dive because it also scares me. And mm-hmm. something that scares me is like a good sign of something. I'm like, oh, I love the ocean. Ooh, scuba diving scares me. I'm like, fuck, I think it means I have to do it. Yeah. And it's costing some serious money. It's expensive. <laughs> it's not. It's clearly, it's like golf. It's clearly a hobby for like rich white people. Right. Yeah. Or people who need to do it so that rich white people can do it. Right, right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what pulls you to go to to the beach like is it when you're feeling clouded you like need to go to the beach or I've started trying to go to the beach uh, in the I have like a couple of buddies who are from Cape Cod Mm -hmm. and I mean some people just grew that grew up my life was it was a given every single day of the summer. My dad worked 3 to 11 Mm -hmm. um, in New York City so he had to leave for work at 1.30 p.m. and it was a given Every single day of the summer, whether my my dad was at off or working, you know, but if he was working, we would still go to the beach at like eight in the morning and stay there till twelve thirty, and then we shit. would drive. He would drive us home, hose us off in the backyard, <laughs> literally with a garden hose, and then he would leave for work, and we'd have the some like the day the rest of the day to ourselves till my mom got home from the hospital, and we were like. That was my entire every. It was a given every single day of the summer that I was going to the beach, unless it was pouring, and then we would get to go to the movies. And literally, my two favorite things in life are beach and movies. So I don't really, and I don't even have a good relationship with my dad. So it's such a weird thing to connect to him. Right. But it was something that was instilled in me young. It was like, well, what are we going to do today? It's like, well, let's go to the beach. And then when I came to LA and I, I went through like a funk when I first got here and didn't hit the beach too much, I didn't have a routine. I didn't have like anything going on really. I was trying to trying to get stuff going on, and then. A friend of mine, my Cape Cod buds were like, oh, we're going to go to the beach. I'm like, fuck, yeah, I haven't been to the beach. And it's like a Wednesday and I have nothing. And I like just, you know, cruise out to the beach. It's easier to drive out there on the weekdays. There's mm. less people. And I was like, fuck, this was great. And then the rest of my week kind of didn't go the way I wanted to go. But then like when I would look back on that week, I would think, oh, man, it was a fucking gorgeous day at the beach on Wednesday. And then I realized that no matter how shit your week is, if you hit the beach one day, you got to go to the beach that week. Like, how bad can your fucking life be? You know what I mean? Like, you were, oh, I didn't get this audition. I didn't get that. I didn't get the call back. Oh, I didn't get asked to do the show that everyone, all my friends are getting to do. And then all of a sudden you go like, but I fucking went to the beach on Tuesday. And like, who else gets to do shit like that? It almost seems like the beach is like this place of freedom. Like, you're free from worries. It was You were a kid when you went to the beach first. And- yeah childhood is nothing but freedom right even and i worked at a beach for five years five summers in a row as a jones as a lifeguard at the beach and the craziest thing about lifeguarding is uh about at least state park lifeguarding in new york is you work one hour in the stand and then you have one hour off so of an eight hour day you're down for three hours more or less and uh you can really have a lot of fun in one hour unlocked at the beach. Like, especially if you're a lifeguard and you have access to everything and don't have to follow any rules. <laughs> I would just like surf for an hour, work out for an hour. Like, and it was just like, even when I was an adult working there, it was still like maybe the best job I've ever had. So, yeah. like, every memory I have at the beach is just like, show up, have fun. The beach is oddly like, 
for the people. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not super expensive. Like, yes, there's expensive ways to go to the beach. You can just keep, like, you know, renting a house, do whatever. But the beach is, like, sort of like uh, – I don't know. Communist isn't the right word, but, like, it's sort of like – Egalitarian. Yeah, it's egalitarian. That's the word, exact word I was looking for. It's sort of like, yeah, you know, there might be a family with, like, eight kids. There might be, like, two wealthy people. Like, But on the beach, we're all just people sitting in our bathing suits, you know? <laughs> Like, Beautifully put, yeah. And like when when Brad Pitt's at the beach and I'm at a beach, no matter where, we're looking at the same fucking ocean. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he can be a billionaire and like a family from Jamaica, Queens that got off the, the bus at the West Bathhouse Pool or Field 4 that walks down there. They're looking at the Atlantic Ocean too. Like, you know, the same fucking ocean. They're, those people are swimming in the same ocean that the people in the Hamptons are swimming. We're, we're hitting on like a ton of themes right now and I, I catch a lot of themes in my podcast and I'll point it out in a bit. But... First, I want to – I think in my email with my pre-interview questions, I probably asked you about the big and little G. I don't know if you if you read – Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I did read this, but yes. That's totally okay. Um, little G is like good personal for you. That's, you know, you're a lifeguard when you're young. You love to take that hour off, work out, go swimming. We're also now kind of hitting on that like big universal good. I mean it's hard to say what is universally good because ethics and morals, whatever, but – I kind of want to steer us in that direction right now. Sure. What about the fact that in this world where we right now have to like trot out a bunch of um, sexual assault survivors to convince people that like things aren't all super fun and games and like bros aren't great? What about that world is better because beaches exist in that world? Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, breathing fresh salt air for a couple hours. You know what? I can't promise it's kept it's good for you, but it sure as shit isn't bad. So like it's like I would argue it probably is good for you to get fresh fucking air for several hours at, uh, as often as possible, uh-huh. and that's something that is just there. And inherent into the beach is some form of exercise, whether it is just carrying a cooler to sit down to and then smashing fucking twenty <laughs> twenty longboards, like whatever, like. Or getting in the ocean, even if you are, like, just playing, you are still moving and being hit by waves and walking on uneven ground. And it's it's a new – it's another world. Like, we're not even talking, like, yes, I get it. Like, we're on – you know, even in the suburbs, it's not, like, the gritty, uh, you know, city lifestyle mm-hmm. or whatever. But the beach is still so far from the suburbs. It's still so different than – the even the most remote like house even a pool even like a fancy house in the hills with a pool is still not the same as the beach like there's still a serenity to going to the beach that i think like we all miss out on also when you're in the ocean you can't even hear people on the shore so you definitely can't hear cell phones you can't right. definitely can't read email you definitely can't hear arguing cars honking like all that shit just washes away all you hear is the fucking waves it's a pretty wild experience. We could say the beach is just like this total escape from the rest of the man-made world right. that you're caught in. And nature in general is like you can use it how you want. If you want to go to the beach with 10 bros and smash and like chug Coronas all afternoon, that's a beach experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you want to go and like do yoga at sunset, that's also a beach experience. If you want to go and be one of those fucking freaks with like pants and like a metal detector standing <laughs> in like ankle deep water looking for somebody else's wedding ring, that's a beach experience. But yeah, fuck those guys. Those guys, I don't know, man. Those are strange birds. <laughs> I, I grew up watching those guys at the beach being like, your best, the best thing you could possibly find is someone else's jewelry 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're not going to find a buried treasure, like, on the shore at, like, four feet deep. So your no. greatest joy is someone else's tragedy. Exactly. Like, the best thing you can come you know, it's like, oh, cool, a nickel. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, oh, it's not going to be, like, a pirate's knife. You know what I mean? It's going to be, like, it's going to be, like, a random fork from a fucking, you know, someone dropped in the sand. But maybe or... there's something hopeful about those fucking weirdos. Oh, I, the fact, I don't get it at all but if they can spend the afternoon just being like I wonder what I'll find then hey the juice you get off of finding something even if it is like a fucking pop top off of like a beer can I'm sure is pretty dope like when you're doing that yeah it's probably a nice kick of euphoria when you do that just to see your your thing work it sounds like the beach is a pretty euphoric space for you man like everything you're saying even just how excited you are to be talking about it it sounds like just getting there it kind of drains this anxiety away from you and opens this world of like of pure freedom. Yeah, well, you know another thing I don't love like and I and I know it's a necessity like when you go on vacation or or you go out with a group of friends it's sort of like hey guys ready we got to go to the hey we got to go here we got to yeah. even cuz even going to the beach has a lot of that. It's like we should get on the road by 9 mm-hmm. so we beat the traffic. Oh, don't forget oh the cooler shit, the cooler. Go get the cooler down from the storage blah blah. So there's all that stuff which is sort of like general adult life stuff where you're right. constantly oh don't forget to do blank like but the thing I like about the beach is that when you put your chair down or you throw your towel out and you fucking sit there you're like no one's gonna be like i mean yes there's ton there's there is stuff you can do at the beach hey let's walk and get a snack hey let's take a beach walk hey we should go jog this or see what's going on over here oh let's go see the dudes doing fucking uh muscle ups on the rings or whatever there's all kinds of shit you can do but also once you're there you're fucking there you're already experiencing the beach there's not like an act you don't have to do an activity there to just like if you go camping and you're like oh what'd you guys do you're like well we just like looked off like a cliff for five hours, then ate dinner, and then slept. It's like, that sounds fucking amazing. You know what I mean? Like, that is almost nothing, and that sounds amazing. Like, you can literally just like, oh, what'd you do at the beach? I set up an umbrella, I sat in my chair, and I looked at the ocean for three hours. I still think that would be beneficial for, like, society if people did that. Well, do you find yourself stuck in ruts a lot in your outside life? You're kind of talking about that when we first started chatting, but it seems like if the beach is this freedom, this opening, this like, this space of wonder, are you, are you missing that in your day to day? Yeah, I mean, of course, a little bit. Like you know, when you spend a day just like scheduling podcasts or driving to you know Glendale to read four lines and then not you know and then driving back in traffic at five thirty p.m. and so four hours of your day was spent doing something that you'll never hear about again. Like that kind of shit gets gets to me after a while. I played uh, I, I played uh, rugby in college and then men's league rugby. I almost chose rugby for this, but I thought like I'd rather proselytize about the beach. Um, but when I was playing rugby in New York, it was like no matter how shit my day was, like the guy who was about to tackle me on Saturday, he doesn't fucking know what I'm. You know what I mean? Like right. I have to just play. Like the waves don't care how shitty your week was. Mm-hmm. Like you're just got to deal with them how they are. And I, I kind of like that about like because then if. Other people, like if other people, or in this case, the people I'm describing are waves, <laughs> like if they don't know about it, right. then it's out of your mind too, in a weird way. I get that. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like you're like, you're switching. You're like, you're not the, you're not street Gabrus. You like, keep to turn that shit off. I one time took my shirt off somewhere and someone, someone randomly, and I think it was maybe like a music festival or like a concert, and someone, yeah. something I've been known to do, um, someone was like, fuck yeah, shirts are for work. 
<laughs> and it was just something that hit me. It hit me really hard where I was like, yeah, if you're doing something where you don't have to have a shirt on, you're probably doing something cool. So like the idea of like, oh yeah, a place where you take your shirt off, whether it be your house, the pool, your backyard. I I've always said that there was a big chunk of my life when one of my favorite things in life to do was to drink with my shirt off during the day. And any situation where I can get that. So because whether... that's your time. That's you my... own that time. It's me, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I nudity is such a fucking thing. I so I as I, I talked about before we started recording, Burning Man's a big part of my life. I try not to talk about it too much because everybody fucking hates it when you talk about Burning Man too See, much. See to me, I'm so intrigued by yeah. Burning Man, but like it's also a thing where I'm like I rarely feel out of place anywhere, and I feel like I would feel out of place there. But then I, I also know that I, I'm also afraid of how maybe not out of place uh, I'd be. Yeah, yeah. The, the magic of it is that you're never out of place, and you're always out of place. Right, like, exactly. It's great. Uh, yeah, this, uh, that's right in my wheelhouse. But like my first year, always clothed, even changing, never like taking my boxers off. Second year is like, I guess I can try it. Third year is like, why would I wear clothes? <laughs> and then this year, I... I was comfortable enough to be like, I'll be naked if I want to be naked. Like, I, it's a thing I've done. I don't right. need to do it again. But, like, a place where you can be totally nude is, like, I don't care about anybody else here. This is my space. Right. Yeah. It's it, something yeah. about that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Right. How long do you go for? When uh, I usually go anywhere from, like, six to eight days. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. It. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> I, I need the pain. Like, I don't know. This you probably d wouldn't want to go to a beach without sand, right? Right, right. Yeah. So you yeah. need you need like the you need to be there for like the couple of days past your survivability. Right. In a way. Yeah. Because yeah, you gotta get broken. It's like those cults that like keep you up for twelve hours straight, just like telling you what a piece of shit you are. To, yeah. Like, to break you. To, to break to, you. To rebuild yourself. Exactly. Yeah. It's like I gotta get broken so I can be rebuilt, and then once I leave, I'll be like. Whew, that yeah. was a good time, huh? Right, but like, f you know, f three nights doesn't feel like you're getting enough of the the juice. Off no, of no, three yeah. nights you're a tourist. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah. gotta go, you gotta go past those three nights. But yeah, I would love to be like in my late thirties, be like, hey, hon, I'm gonna go to Burning Man for eight days because I don't think my wife would tag along for something like that. I'd be like, yeah, it's, uh, and I would f certainly be okay with it, and that would be an insane experience. You wouldn't be the first person who, in their late thirties, was like, I'm going for it, <laughs> right. and then you come back, and your name is in John. It's cosmic energy. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I imagine my level. I'm the guy who's like on so many podcasts, including my own, that. I'm constantly talking about my life, and I feel like if I did Burning Man, it would be like everyone would be like, "Let's tune out from this guy for like a month because he's going to be only talking about this shit." I'll check back in with Gabrus in uh, like next January. Right. Well, because yeah. I I learn like when I learn a new word, I can tell when Twitter starts coming after me. Like they're like, "Yeah, it looks like Gabrus learned what preternatural meant. He said it, <laughs> he said it on five podcasts this month, and then it's like he's saying heteronormative now. <laughs> like I'm like learning these buzzwords, and then they're in my vocab, which would be a normal thing for most people. But if you're recording you know and all you ten, do is six talk. hours a yeah. week yeah. <laughs> you want to know a fun one that my my best friend who's visiting from new york right now just instilled in like all of us like his whole friend group out here is notice how often you see honda elements on the street they're everywhere oh shit you can do that with anything though but like you are gonna see honda elements all the time now yeah. i was having a fight with my girlfriend we were driving and we were like no, but like I, all I was trying to say was this. Yeah, yeah, but the way you said it, and then she turns, she goes Honda Element, and then gets back into the fight, <laughs> and it, it's just become such a part of our life. Oh, that's so fun because yeah. you can you can literally do that to yourself with almost anything because you can say like, yeah, you know what I see a lot of, and if you just say it, and then everyone start. 
when I was a kid, uh, me and my group of best friends, the Nerd Herd, uh, one of our fr- my friend JP, his dad said to us one time, the number 53 has been following me my entire life. I hope it doesn't follow you guys, too. He just said it to us randomly. What a fucking creepy old guy thing to say. I know. It was very cool. Like, I think he knew what he was doing, and he oh. just, like, locked us into, like, the number 53 then followed us for the rest. Because you're looking for it. It's like, yeah. yeah. So n- now you're, like, it's confirmation, confirmation bias. bias. Yeah. Boom. There we go. And yeah. now I'm going to say that on every podcast for the next bias. two weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it was like me and one of those dudes, we both sat at seat 53 in different rooms for the SATs. It was just like it kept coming up right. and kept coming up. But you didn't notice how many times you've done things that involve the number 14. And right. You probably did it just as many times. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you see just as many Audi A3s as you see Honda Elements. But, but I'm not looking the, for yeah, them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they don't look as weird as the Honda Element. <laughs> right. Well, the Honda Element, you know, like when anyone has like that orange and gray one, I'm like, yeah. Honda Element and PT Cruiser are two cars. I'm like, who chose that? I find that strange coming from you because they're great beach cars the honda element honda element it's got so much space it just looks so strange from the outside that you're not wrong my my dragon wagon the golf wagon that i drive <laughs> her name is dragon wagon uh she has plenty of space and looks cool as hell i mean i i'm dressing for the de- job i want if the job i want is dad <laughs> if the job you want is cool beach dad <laughs> yeah and that's uh, for real that's what i want all i talk about with my wife is like uh, not all I talk about with my wife, but one thing I've always I've been quoted as saying a lot is, I can't wait till I'm like an old, fat, tan man with like a big gray beard and a big bronze belly. And she and my people, whenever I talk about this dream of mine, people are always like, "Well, you don't have to be fat in your dreams." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, I'm trying to keep it like a little like something I get, you know." <laughs> Someday I dream of like living in a beach shack somewhere, whether it's Costa Rica or now Hawaii. Now that I've been there, holy shit! Or you know fucking way down south California I would love to just be like oh how long has it been since I put on shoes like if you have to think to your because like you're, you ever go on like one of those like beach trips or you rent a house with friends and yeah. you're like don't really have to do much or Burning Man like I was like realize I'm like oh it's been like 40 hours since I had footwear on and that's a fucking cush life. It's nice when you're like, oh, right. When you can choose, when you can things. choose when to you do can it. Choose to do <laughs> right. it. I understand right. that some if, people are without shoes, and that's fucking awful. Yeah. But like, uh, I, this is yeah. such first world problems. But you know, like the ability to be like, I would love to be like, have a dusty pair of flip flops outside my door at my of my shack where I grow weed and uh, I just smoke and drink coffee all day. <laughs> God, that sounds fucking. Lo- weed and coffee is my favorite drug combination. Oh, dude, that's my favorite combination. If I can. If uh, I can smoke a joint and drink a cup of coffee at 4 p.m. every day, an yeah. afternoon where your whole life is shit and you're just like, fuck, dude, let me just smoke a joint, drink some coffee. All of a sudden you're like, I can go 100 miles an hour. I'm not positive the direction, but, right, I can, but I'm going <laughs> somewhere. I can go somewhere fast. Before I worked and I was just trying to like be a writer, sketch person, right, do this podcast, I would leave my house around 12, right, go to a coffee shop with my vape, and then... I would just write. And it was that same sort of freedom you're talking about with the beach where, like, I got no boundaries right now. I If I get bored with a screenplay, I'll go to the short story. If I get bored with a story, I'll do a sketch. And it's just, like, it's pure horizon. Right. And I, I mean – we haven't even gotten into uh, how integral weed is to my beach experiences. Well, too. we're yeah. getting there. Yeah, I mean, big fan. That's where the term rip and dip comes from. <laughs> so, like, you take a rip, go on for go, a dip. Go for a dip. And you feel like – I think my favorite activity, if I had to narrow an activity down, is to be swimming or floating stoned. Whether it's, like, floating around a friend's pool, a mm-hmm. lake, a river, or the ocean, I think being high and being in water is, like, one of the greatest – 
there's something about drugs that let you do that. I think code switch is more of like a queer word and I'm using it wrong, so I'm not going to, to use it, but it lets you like change, it's state change, right? Because like when you're at the beach, your state has changed, but you're still kind of towing your old mentality around right, in like right. little red wagon. But like taking a drug really lets you sort of cut that away and be like, oh no, no, I'm I'm here. Yeah. Right, like I love to, I love to smoke and go on hikes. I, I hike up in Angeles Crest all the time. I, I like to dance and go to parties and stuff, but I'm never quite in it. But if you're high, you're like, oh no, I'm here, and I can be a dancing weird me. Not yet. I don't love to dance, uh, but I, at weddings when my wife's like, I want to dance because she loves to dance. Yeah, and uh, I do like dancing with her, but I don't love it. But if I go sneak away and smoke a joint, I'll come back in and I'll be on the dance floor for like two hours until it wears off. Like you're I can, just there. Yeah, because I'm just like, oh fuck it. And but also, I, I have like this thing. Like I, I try to explain like when uh, my, before my wife really, uh, s- you know, smoked weed or d- anything like that. I would be like try to describe it to her, and the way I would always describe being high was like, you know, when you like go like this with your shoulders or like this with your arms. He's and kind like of kind of doing the Jesus motion. Yeah, like the yawn or like yeah. the the like shoulder roll. I'm like, right. you know how when you do that, you feel good. Like that's what weed does to your whole body. I feel yeah, like. or your mind. Like you're just like unlocks your mind. Like cracks your mind. Cracks your mind's back. Ooh, <laughs> I like I like that a lot. Yeah, it absolutely does. You ever? I am not a runner. But some... I, I'm a new I'm a new I, I used to be a runner for because of yeah. sports. I used to say I ain't running unless I'm running from someone with a ball or I have a ball in my hand or to someone with the ball. Right. But now I've gotten into I entered I joined a half marathon. Oh, I signed shit. up to do a half marathon. That, yeah. You jump right into things. Yes. Well, that's another thing about me, too, is that I'm always seeking out like a new adventure and mm-hmm. I some like snort uh, scuba diving and stuff. I'm right. always seeking out something I've never done before. I'm like. I guess I've ne- I didn't notice this, but something that makes me happy is like the ability to when someone else is like, "Dude, I'm training for a half marathon." I love the ability to be like, "I understand where you're coming from." It's like mm. empathy or curiosity. That is, it... we're going back to that awe shit. Right. Awe inspires empathy in people because you can you it inspires curiosity. You're chasing new things and you're becoming more empathetic because you're like expanding your boundaries. Yeah, I used to think it came from purely conversation as the as the podcast guy goes. Like I love to just be able to talk to people. So if I have a shared experience with like that's pretty much what high and mighty is. It's like yeah. come on, let's talk about something we have in common or something you are interested in that I want to know more about. That's pretty much the entire premise of the podcast. But I realize it's it doesn't you're right. It well, what you said helps me clear it up. It doesn't stem just from conversation for me. It's about the empathy or the curiosity of like, hey, well, Literally, you talking about Burning Man, yeah. and my, I'm still in my head saying, I wish I had gone to Burning Man, because it seems like it would be cool to talk to you about Burning it's Man. It's a cool thing to talk <laughs> right, about. Right, yeah, exactly. But so is so much other shit, right. and like, that's kind of why I do this podcast. Well, also, just yeah. spending your uh, spending one hour a week hearing from someone about something that makes them happy cannot be bad for you. No, it's like definitely, I think it's good for me. Yeah, it's solidly. objectively good for you, yeah. but like uh, I, I'm I'm uncomfortable saying that on for someone else cuz I, right. I don't want to speak on your behalf. But it is from like think about that. Like you spent that's why I love podcasting in general is like talking to someone about something they love. I always say like I don't care what it is, but if someone is truly passionate or very skilled in it, mm-hmm. they can talk to me about it or show me it for hours. I love it. That's that's I I had um Dan O'Brien on. Do you know Dan O'Brien? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that guy. And he was talking about magic. And he was like, people think magicians are stupid. And that sucks. Magicians are the coolest people in the world. They spent their time 
like figuring out how to rotate a coin in their fingers so that they can trick you, and I love them. Yeah. And like, yeah, I gotta agree. Magicians fucking rock because all they do is like learn this skill. Well, uh, talk about something that makes you feel small. What makes you feel like a child is when someone does magic around you and it works. I think magicians deserve uh, more empathy from us like performing comedy types. Well, I think that a lot of it stems from like the reason stand-ups hate improv and the reason uh, performers hate magic is because you saw the fucking garbage version of it. Right. You know what I mean? Anytime yeah. anyone's like, oh, I can't stand improv. It's not funny. I'm like, tell me what improv shows you have seen. It, the, like acapella gets a bad rap, but if you see a fucking really good acapella group, you're like, yes, this is actually kind of right, cool. This is like, really yeah. chill. And that's what I, I think we're, we were sort of, now we're like saying another layer of what we were talking about before. Anything that someone's really good at is fucking cool. Yeah. Whether it's for you or not, that's that's up to you to decide the end. But like, I don't love salsa dancing, but I would love to watch the best salsa dancers in the world salsa dance. I'm or sure I would tell me about yeah, why or they yeah, love it. yeah, or tell yeah. me about why they love it or what goes into being good at it. Like that shit all intrigues me. Do you have a crystal clear like beach anecdote or just a like a sense memory of like this is the beach to me? Oh, interesting, interesting. Uh, you know what? There's there's a feeling of being, of diving through a wave. Like, you know what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, if you're on a board, you're supposed to duck dive under a wave. If you don't want to get rocked by it, there's a feeling that you get, when you dive through a wave and like, you know, if it's a big day, maybe you go down to the bottom and grab the sand with your hands so you don't get pushed back at all. But the feeling, the power of the wave blowing over you but you not being affected of it by affected by it at all just by diving through it it's a very weird experience you're going you're diving at something yes it's water but you're diving at something that's coming at you and you come out and the only the safest way the safest way to handle a wave is to dive underneath dive into it or Ride it. Oh, fuck. That's a good metaphor. So buddy. it's like a huge yeah. thing is coming at you, and you have two options. Go at, like, because I just took, uh, I just went to Hawaii. My wife is a little more, she loves the beach, but she's a little afraid of the ocean. Mm-hmm. But because she's afraid of animals, sharks, all that shit. Yeah. And if she sees, like, you know, or even like seaweed is kind of nasty. I get that for a lot of people. I don't love fucking paddling around in kelp either. But when, uh, we were out at in Hawaii, like oh, a set of waves started rolling in at the beach we were at, and I go, the only safe place is at it. Like, I grab her by her arm uh-huh. and like run her out. She was like, I, I know that's what you're supposed to do, but that was crazy. It's there's something weird about the ocean that sometimes it's safer to be deeper. I I'm <laughs> smiling so big right now because that's exactly your optimistic viewpoint on life too. Is like you gotta just kind of go through it. Because yeah, it might be shitty right now, but the only way th- the only way out is through. Right, and that is it's your beach story is the perfect metaphor for that. Right. Yeah. I okay. I've been flirting with asking this question to some guests because I have very strong philosophical views on it, and I tend to talk about it in my podcast. So I I like not to flirt with this topic, but I I'm feeling myself like leaning there more and more, and I'm always asking about it without saying it, but do you have any sort of spiritual feelings or does the beach invoke anything in any way spiritual to you? Yeah, you know, that's interesting you say that because I think, like, I know it's like the hippie stoner thing to say. It's like, I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. Yeah, And I don't know what that exactly means, but it's hard not to be 
where the water meets the land and not feel like this is something huge here. Yeah. This is where one form of earth meets another like there's so much vast land in America and there's so even more vast ocean vast land everywhere earth right. let's fuck say fuck America earth there's so much ocean and you can stand where they both meet you could put one foot on earth and one foot in the ocean that's hard to deny that that's not something that's way bigger than us yeah you know what i mean literally the ocean is another world chock full of species that aren't on the dry part of Mm -hmm. the thing it's (coughs) excuse me you can literally go with just 10 paces from one complete ecosystem to another yeah like from the desert or you know the whatever kind of the temperate climate you're in to the ocean and even on a lake, it's completely different on the forest shore or whatever right. as when you get into the lake. And there's, that's crazy. Those two worlds are right next to each other. And we, and we have the ability as humans to li- survive both. Which like, and, but also, the, I know I said we have the ability to survive both, but the ocean can also kill you. I mean, you can die on dry land too, but the <laughs> ocean can fucking kill you. We, that is like every time you're in the ocean, you're sort of – you know, it's sort of like, you know, streaking through a backyard. Yeah. It's like, you're not supposed to be here. You know, everyone kind of goes there, and you kind it's kind of harmless. But you're not really – we're not humans. We're not supposed to be in the ocean. We're not supposed to be, like, riding waves with our bodies. We're not supposed to be rowing out where we can't see land, you know? And it's just something that you can't – If I highly recommend if you want a fucking insane feeling, if you can handle this. We used to – when we were rookies as lifeguards, they used to row you out on the boat – Till you couldn't see the land anymore. Oh shit! Get you out of the boat, and you would have to dive down and grab sand and show that you can come up with sand. So like free equalizing, like no. Ooh. So it's only like it's not crazy. It's only like you know 14, 15 feet deep there. You can get to the bottom, but you have to fucking equalize. And you can come you come up with your sand in your hand, demonstrate it, and then they're like, all right, one more time. And then when you dive back down to get sand, they fucking row away. It's like a rookie initiation. And then when you show up. When you come up, you can tell you can see them like a hundred yards away or whatever, fifty yards away, and they're like, uh, you know, your shift starts in forty minutes, you know, and we just have to like and if you if you've never swam without seeing your destination, it's a horrifying, but also you feel like you are, you know, Jason and the Argonauts. Like you feel like you're doing something bigger than yourself. It's wow. like just being out in the ocean, being like not seeing land in any direction is That's- absolutely horrifying. That's nuts, man. Yeah. And I, I, I should say the ocean is a dangerous place. And I am a, I was a trained, I call myself a waterman, but I was a, tra- I was a trained lifeguard for a long time, and I, ne- I've nearly drowned. You know what I mean? A, a couple of times. I've, you know, gotten worked by waves. If you don't get that breath in between, and you have to run through a cycle of two, that's bad. That's like peak. Like that's as much VO two as I, uh, much O two as I can hold. And I'll come up and. I've came up and I've puked my fucking brains out. Like, we used to do this thing. This is another crazy lifeguard story. When there's a big sweep, which is like a parallel riptide, you know, where like if you get in the water, a parallel to the shore, like where yeah. if you get in the water, you sh- you know when you're like, oh man, our our umbrellas are all the way over there because the that's called the sweep. Uh-huh. A suck pulls you out. A sweep pulls you uh, along the shore. There was a huge western sweep on Long Island one time, and the. Oceans were closed. We couldn't even let patrons in because the the sweep was too strong. People were literally like shooting a hundred yards in a couple of minutes. So we were like, "This is fucking wild." 
we got one of our bosses to drive us like two and a half miles east down the shore. And we're like, we'll get in the water here and we'll get out at our tower. And it was like a rainy day. And we spent like an hour and a half in the ocean, but we were cruising. And then that's like, I was just out there with no boards, swimming, body surfing, just cruising alongside, like cruising west. And then that's when I got fucking worked by like two waves. I got up, I was puking. I, I finally caught my breath. I didn't get out of the ocean. I still had to go like another mile back to my shore. So I just, I was like, the safest place to be right here is in the ocean. I splashed my puke out of my way and just (laughs) kept swimming. (laughs) It isn't that life, right? Like you can either get out or you just splash your puke away and you dive right back in. Yeah, I wasn't certainly going to walk one mile by myself if I could just back float one mile by myself. Fuck, man. Yeah, That is, I don't don't think we're going to get a lot better than that. I, I fucked yeah. it. I could talk about the beat. I, I've never talked about it in this heady or intellectual of a way, but it was very. I was. I pre- that's why when you pitched when you pitched your podcast to me, I was like, oh yeah, I want to go on that. And when I when I said, oh, can I talk about the beach? And you were like, let's do it. And you kind of asked those prompt questions. I was like, like the capital G good. Yeah. Lord. I was like, fuck man, this is gonna be a cool for me to like think analyze why I like. Yeah. The, yeah. No, we had like a ton of fun, and then we fucking got there. Like I'm kind of feeling that like that like. Am I tripping right now? You know, you're like someone tells you a story, and you're like, "Yeah, I can relate to that very strongly." Yeah, I just, yeah. I, 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 I think I've described that as believing with your body. Oof. When someone tells you something that's so powerful that you're like, "Yes, yes," like, but I feel like I, because yeah. when I used to teach improv, uh, the I think that's like w- w- I called it listening with your whole body. Like when the scene is like really flying and you're just like, you and your scene partner are head to head going at it. You're like listening with your whole body. So someone says something, it's not just like in your mind, it's in your heart, it's in your dick, it's everywhere. Right, and you're yeah. like, oh fuck, yeah, I got this. And I feel like uh, I, when someone tells me something that's so interesting or gets me so hyped, that's the same way. I feel like I believe it with my whole body. Right, yeah. yeah. It's like this is affecting me more than just intellectually. Yeah, yeah you are, you're, there, yeah, just right there. Fuck yeah. Fuck. Dude. All right, man. Let's let's wrap up. Let's get plugs. Um, sure. Plug, and then also, if there's like somebody's work who you're not related to at all, that you're like, I really like this guy's shit. I have started doing that too. Dan O'Brien came on my podcast and like plugged people who he didn't know, and ever since then, I I try to do that every now and again too. Oh, that's really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm into that. Uh, yeah. So I'll say uh, for me, listen to the High and Mighty podcast or Action Boys or Raised by TV. Those are my three podcasts. Listen to all of them just to break it down. High and Mighty is my chat show, the most self indulgent podcast ever. Um, Raised uh, Raised by TV is me and Lauren Lapkus, another podcasting icon. We sort of just talk about TV we watched growing up. It's more interesting than that pitch, and then. <laughs> Lauren Lapkus is amazing, so it's... She's like, yeah. yes. If you ever needed someone to be a partner in a podcast with, she's the ultimate person because she's amazing to talk to for hours and also people like listening to her for yeah, hours. Yeah, I, I certainly do. I'm usually a guy who people are excited to have on a podcast and I'm fucking second banana when I'm with <laughs> LL and I do not mind. And then I have Action Boys, which is me and two of my buds just going through classic action movies and breaking them down. Episodes are almost always longer than the movie themselves. <laughs> that's, that's and I don't. That, that's maybe not a pitch, an appealing pitch, uh-huh. but yeah. And then stuff that is not mine, but I've been into. I just saw last night, two nights ago, excuse me, for the first time, that movie Mandy uh, with Nick Cage that just came out. It's like on demand now. Mm. It was in the theaters briefly. I forget the guy's name, but it's like Panos something. It's a Greek name, Panos Konstanos. I, I apologize if that's not it. I'm just being a white guy, but. 
he's the guy who directed Beyond the Black Rainbow, wrote and directed Beyond the Black Rainbow. And Mandy is just this. I think you would really like it too, yeah. just based on our conversation. Nick Cage, and I didn't. I, I someone told, recommended it to me, and I decided a thing I like to do now is if someone recommends something to me that I don't know anything about, I decide to not learn anything more about it beforehand. Like I don't watch a trailer, I don't look up any I won't even read the description. Like I put on Mandy, they they showed the pa- on on demand, it uh-huh. had the paragraph explaining the premise and I like closed my eyes and powered through. I was like, "Let me just experience this movie as if I just heard from someone, it's cool." And this movie is fucking awesome. It's peak it's Nick Cage doing his best screaming crazy. It's about a cult that uses like a weird like Charles Manson-esque cult that uses acid and they trip out and the music is very trippy and then they kill Nick Cage's wife and then Nick Cage fucking goes after them. But this is like, watch it and if you need more selling points, let me tell you a couple of things. Nick Cage forges his own axe to use. (laughs) It's brutally violent. Everyone's tripping on acid and it feels like you are too because the way they shoot it, everyone's voices sound weird. They're like modulated. The light... um, I, I don't know the filmmaking technique, but where you like blast LEDs into the lens so it creates like a series of flares oh, and kind of shit. fuzzies everything. Yeah. It's so fucking gorgeous. It's intense. I, I'm getting chills talking about it right now. You can see my forearm hairs yeah. are standing up. It's so intense. So he forges his own axe. He one at one point puts like what is a f- two full grams of cocaine up his nose. <sighs> he takes acid while f- like on purpose to like aid him in combat. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I can't explain it enough. And I'm worried that I already even gave too many details, but fucking A, this movie rules. That movie sounds incredible. I'm going to make my wife watch it again. Like, it's one of those movies where I'm like, I'm bummed I watched it without her because it's so good. I need her to watch it. So now I I get a chance to rewatch it. I have two friends who I know I'm going to watch that with uh, as soon as possible. Fuck, that sounds good. Dude, I'm telling you, you're going to love it. Catch it while it's on demand. I'm sure it'll be on Netflix or like Amazon Uh uh, rental very soon. Okay, for um, for me, a thing that I'm not attached to at all, check out this show called Magic for Humans on Netflix. Oh, I've, I've been recommended I'm that too. I'm pretty sure Tim Heidecker produced it. But there's this magician who's super likable. He's just kind of like a, an average schlubby dude, and the magic is incredible, and he's really fun. And they like he kind of talks about like topics in day-to-day life, like love and how – uh, hard it is to change and things like that and it's very interesting but also just the magic is fabulous and it's a really fun show to put on while you're cooking and then for me this has been at least there's this if you like this episode uh, please share it with a friend this podcast is entirely promoted through word of mouth I don't even pay Facebook to bump it because they don't fucking care uh, so it's it's all done through through you sharing it with a friend tweeting about it whatever if you hated this episode uh, share it with an ex-lover who you don't like be you know as a spite to them because you know maybe they'll hate it too or maybe they'll like it and then your ex-lover can become a friend of mine and you'll never have to listen to me again if you guys are sitting on a beach and your your buddy's waxing his board, and you're about to go crush some gnar. Do this for me. Pull out your phone. Go to the podcast page, whatever one you like, probably Apple, because I'm mostly Apple users. Find my podcast. Give me five radical tubular stars. Gnar. And then go dive right into it. Mahalo, bro. <laughs> Mahalo, bro. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. I love you. Bye. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. Bye.